Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We believe God wants to speak into your life through this message. If you're interested in knowing more about Celebration Church, you can visit our website at celebrationedmonton.com and find us on Instagram and Facebook at Celebration EDM. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoy this message. We're continuing our series called Beautiful Resistance. And uh, culture, media, uh, stuff that happens on social media, stuff like that, there's, there's a, a push and we are sort of led in different directions. Um, and we can, if we're not careful, kind of get swept up and, and kind of just become part of whatever the mob is saying uh, in, the, in the times. And what the beautiful resistance is all about is all about pushing back on that and ensuring that um, our lives are, we're, we're directing and running our lives through um, the Bible through God's instruction and through what Jesus and how Jesus and Paul instructed us to live. And uh, so it's, it's so important um, to ensure that we're not just getting caught up in what we're consuming, um, but that uh, on, on social media and the media and whatever, but that we're looking to our Bibles um, to be our guide and our direction. We're looking to Jesus to be our guide and our direction. And sometimes that means you're going to have to resist what everybody else is doing. When I was 12 years old, I woke up one morning and I had the most incredible pain I've ever felt in my life in my abdomen. It was crazy. I literally woke up screaming. I was screaming. And my mom came upstairs to check on me and she, she had seen this routine before, before school, uh, where I was just wasn't feeling very good. And so immediately she's like, oh, Joel, it's just some gas. Okay, get up out of bed, get yourself to the washroom and go deal with what's going on inside of there. And so she tries to get me up and, and walk the few steps to the washroom. And I remember not being able to make it. I collapsed on the floor and it was, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, it was the most pain I've ever been in in my entire life. I was screaming, I couldn't handle it. Finally, she realizes, okay, maybe this is more than what I thought it was. And so she calls the ambulance, the ambulance comes. And a doctor comes to check on me. And this doctor, I don't know if he was talking to my mom beforehand or what, but he's like, yeah, I think it's gas as well. I think this boy had too much Taco Bell last night. Let's deal with this. He'll be fine. And, uh, and then luckily, I, the nurse that was there was like, I don't know about that. That doesn't seem right to me. And so thank God for that nurse. I, I'm not sure exactly uh, the extent of what the damage could have been, but thank, thank God for that nurse who went and found another doctor. And the doctor said, he's internally bleeding. Something seriously is going wrong here, and he's losing a lot of blood, and we need to do something immediately. And so uh, I went to an emergency surgery, and what had happened was my spleen had ruptured. And my spleen was just pouring blood into my body. Um, and uh, anyways, I was in a lot of trouble, and uh, I get my spleen ripped out of me. They cut this big old thing out. They pull my spleen out. They fix me all up, and, uh, and I was good after that. But it was up until that moment that I didn't even know I had a spleen. <laughs> Maybe it was because I was homeschooled. We didn't do enough. Uh, they didn't teach us. They're like tonsils. That's all you need to know. No. But um, it's part of your immune system. And I, I realize the, the value of it now that I, I no longer have it. But um, it, was, it, it was that I, did, I have no value or no honor on, on that spleen and that spleen's role in my life. I was like Olaf. I was like, you know how Olaf was like, I don't even have a skull. Or bones. Um, I'm like, I don't even have a spleen now. And, and now I realize and I honor that spleen's role in my life. And what, what, what 
if we're not careful, this can happen in our world where some, somebody is doing something or adds value to our life in some way, but we don't even realize it. And so we have no value on their life or no honor for them because we don't even see how much they can, they've done for us and are doing in our world around us. If we're not careful, we will not show honor towards people or not value people because we don't see how much they do, just like how I was with my spleen. It wasn't until I lost it that I realized it's valued. Now, uh, we're going to read this morning from uh, 1 Corinthians, um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And so if you have a U version or your Bible here, I'll just give you a second to go 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Um, and we're going to read just a, a, a snippet of it from 23 to 26. And uh, the, the kind of context of this verse is that Paul's talking about all the gifts um, that God has given it to us, that the Holy Spirit empowers us with, and, uh, you know, just how those gifts work through the body of Christ and how we all have value and we all do different things and, and, and that we, we need each other. We need each other to function, and, and uh, we need everybody's gifts in the body of Christ. And so 1 Corinthians 12, we're going to read 23 to 26. And, the, and those parts of the body that we consider less honorable, we clothe these with greater honor. And our unrespectable parts are treated with greater respect, which our respectable parts do not need. So kind of what the, the picture that Paul is painting here is that um, you're, you, know, you see what your hand does, you understand its value, you see what your feet do, you understand the, the value, but there's a lot of stuff going on inside of us that um, causes us, us to operate and, and we need to show great value to those things and recognize those things and take care of those things. Just like we put lotion on our hands and we, we need to take care of what's inside of our bodies. And, and so Paul is sort of using that as a, a, a picture, he's painting that as the body of Christ. That you're going to see that some people do certain things and you're going to want to show honor to those things. But you, you, you have to realize that there's so much else going on. There's so many other gifts going on. We have to show honor to those uh, areas and those parts as well. And so instead, God has put honor, sorry, instead God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the less honorable. So that there would be no division in the body. That there'd be no division in the body. But that the members would have the same concern for each other. The members would have the same concern for each other. So if one member suffers, all members suffers with it. If one member is honored, all members rejoice with it. That there would be no division in the body. Do you know why division happens? Is because we are all created in, in specific ways. We all have uh, different backgrounds, different gifts that we're, we're gifted with. And what happens is, is when people think and live different than us, sometimes we don't like that. And, and Pastor Dennis talked about it last week, how some people are just Chevy people and some people are just Honda people. It doesn't mean each person is, is less. It doesn't mean we dislike e either person, whatever. I mean, unless you're from Calgary, obviously for the next couple of weeks we dislike you. Um, uh, but that's just besides the point. Thank you, Lord. Let's take a moment to pray for our Oilers in Jesus' name. Bless them and they will score. All right. But um, a problem occurs when we, we, when we no longer value people that are different than us. And Paul is telling the Corinthians that each and every one of them has value in the body of Christ. And that Christ designed them to operate together. 
that they wouldn't just be a bunch of hands over here just shaking each other's hands, but that, um, you know, that, they, that all these body parts would, would operate together and that it would, be, it would be a harmonious thing that we wouldn't just have a bunch of hands. We have all kinds of different gifts and functions in the body of Christ. We all have different gifts, passions, talents, and abilities. We should celebrate those. And, and Paul, Paul is tell, telling that to the Corinthians here. And this is, this is part of why I love the church so much. Because what the church does is it takes, it, 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 we have this spiritual connection with all sorts of different types of people who normally in a real world we would have no connection with. And because often, right, people are connected by their workplace. So people are connected by their family. People are connected by their neighborhood. And this is more of the common place that people find each other and connect with each other. Obviously, there's sports and different stuff like that. But a lot of times, it's, it's just these little silos of areas where we get connected to different people in our lives. And, and, and then when we're all connected with all these people who have like the same background as us, it starts to almost make us very extreme in our thinking because we, we only think of things in a certain way because we haven't seen somebody else's perspective on it. And that's the beauty of the church is that we have this beautiful spiritual connection of all these people from different walks of life. And even um, in Canada, what I love is that people from different countries and stuff, we all come together with this spiritual connection and we get to start to see life from a bigger perspective. And, and, uh, and Paul realizes, and I love that church which just breaks barriers and brings people together. And Paul realizes that we need to value each other through honor. However, much of what we see in culture today is that we are to divide over major differences. That differences of opinion are not something that should be discussed or even celebrated or considered. What we're seeing in culture is that we separate or we cancel people over those things. It's more black and white thinking. In fact, everybody right now is trying to figure out who are they going to cancel, Johnny Depp or Amber Heard? <laughs> okay, like that's kind of the big court case right now. It's the big thing that's coming up. And I think most people have decided on that one. Uh, but, 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 uh, and Paul's saying, no, that's, that's not how we're to look at people, to decide, okay, which one are we writing off? We, we can't divide like that in the body of Christ. That's not what we do here. We're going to push back against that culture. Honor resists division. When we see the value in people around us, it is, unity is a whole lot easier. Paul's saying there's, no, there's going to be no division in the body of Christ, verse 25, that members would have the same concern for each other. That we'd all have the same concern for each other. That we, man, we're going to build each other up. And what we're watching in culture is it's the, the, the opposite. That people devalue, dishonor, they divide. This often, often happens because of disagreements, but it often happens because of people's failures as well. Like the court case I just mentioned. Is that we, we see, you know, someone uh, so publicly fail and we decide that they're canceled. And, and that, that, that can make its way into the church as well. That we can start to cancel each other in relationships as well. Based on a failure or a, a, a mix-up or a blemish in someone's life. And we decide we no longer value them because of that thing that happened. And people are choosing that other people no longer uh, add value to their lives. And I mean, the most obvious place you see this on, is on social media. Uh, obviously, right? Like, you, you know, you see in the comment sections, it's wild. Man, I don't even read posts anymore. I just go straight to those comments. Um, but, uh, but it goes beyond that, too. That what we're seeing is, as I, I'm, you know, we're trying to process where to send 
our, our oldest to school, and uh, I'm just, I just want to get it right, you know, and, and so doing lots of research, and even meeting with a, a principal, and talking to some other principals, and what's actually happening in our world is that we're, in, in, in school systems, we're starting to see conservative schools and progressive ones. Yep. They're not going to put it on the title of the school, like welcome to, you know, whatever, welcome to Celebration Conservative Christian School. Like, we're, they're not going to put it there. Um, but what, what's, what's happening is that there's becoming a divide based on the principal's values. And the principal doesn't even realize that, but it's actually happening in schools. That uh, there's, there's a, a divide happening there, and people are deciding, what side are you going to land on? What side are you going to, like, grow your kids up in? And this is happening, unfortunately, in the church world as well, that uh, that politics has made its way into people's hearts and, 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 and their lives, and they start to sort of look at the Bible from a right or a left view, and, and they've started to become conservative or progressive churches. We're even starting to see um, conservative and progressive neighborhoods. If you, if you sort of start to look into it and start to uh, kind of dig a little bit deeper, you'll see that they're starting to become conservative or progressive. What side are you going to be on? Neighborhoods. I, I started seeing this in election season because where I live, there was lots of blue signs. But where I went for coffee, there was a lot of orange signs. <laughs> okay? Uh, and, and so this, this is where I get my coffee every day. There's, so there's starting to become this divide in even areas. And if we don't resist this into the church, we allow culture to start to decide how our church is going to run instead of allowing Jesus and the Bible to decide how our church is going to run. We must see and appreciate the value that, yeah, you can clap if you want to. That's... We must see and appreciate the value that each person brings to the honor. I mean, to the body. <laughs> honor embraces empathy. Paul says that members would have concern for each other. It's not just celebrating each other, but it's actually like caring, showing compassion to one another. That's the type of church Paul wanted the Corinthians to build. Honor places a higher value on unity than me. And what do I want all the time? It's, it's a higher value on unity. And when honor is a priority, what happens is we're slower to speak poorly about people. And see, what happens is people hurt us often, oftentimes, I mean, it's with their actions, but it's often with their words as well. This is what I've noticed is that people, uh, people like they, they'll say something, and I'll go, ah, that hurt. And then when we get away from them, what do we do? We start to use our words to try and hurt them back even though they're not in the room with us. We're trying to tear them down to other people, trying to retaliate the way we were hurt, then we want to hurt them. And you, you got to be careful when this happens. Honor takes into consideration all that people have been through. And the reality of it is, is often we don't know people's past. We don't know what's been happening in their lives. And that's maybe why they acted a certain way. And so when we want to slander, when we want to fight back, when we want to hurt them with our words, we got to pause and say, let's take their backstory into consideration. Because knowing people's backstory releases compassion. I often work in cafes because I like it. The drinks are better than they are here at church. And... Uh, <laughs> And, and, you know, it's, it's just better. I, I, it's, uh, the, the, you don't know people at cafes, so you can't get distracted and talk to people. I love talking to people. Uh, and so that's what happens at our offices. So I have to go and work in a cafe. And uh, so I, this week I was in a, a cafe that I normally go to and I'm sitting there. And uh, as, as I'm sitting writing, 
uh, I look up and a big group of bikers comes in. Um, not like the leather jacket bikers, like the tight pet uh, bikers. <laughs> um, and, and so all these cyclists come in and, um, and, and they, they uh, there's about, I would say there's about 12 of them. And they all start, they all start ordering their drinks. And, um, you know, there's about one or two that come through and they're excited. They're happy when they came in to the cafe. They're, they're about to get their morning coffee. It's going to be great. So they get, some of them, you know, they order and they move down to the, where the machine is and they're waiting for their, their drinks to come out. And uh, you see they're, they're kind of excited, whatever, and all of a sudden the people start to pile up on the drink side, um, but the drinks aren't coming out. And so there's probably about, I would say there was about four to six of them that were there, and once there, there was a pile of people that had ordered, but not drinks coming out, you could start to see um, their faces start to change, and their attitudes started to change, and they, they came in with such a great positive uh, energy, and then all of a sudden, as they've all ordered, they're starting to realize, how much time are we going to spend waiting for these drinks? And there's a girl there, she's working, um, trying to get the drinks out as fast as possible, and, and uh, you could tell the, the whole, you know, the, the vibe was changing very quickly, as, and they're starting to whisper to each other, and you could tell they're all, all kind of like, okay, how long is it going to take for us to get these drinks? And uh, then about, it was about on the eighth or ninth person, um, as they were ordering, the person at the till said, hey guys, just so you know, the girl on the machine today is her very first day working with us. And um, she, just, she just came to Canada. She's a refugee from the Ukraine, and she doesn't speak English as well. So we're doing our best to train her that way, and she's doing her best to, to figure things out. But if you could just use some patience um, as you're waiting for your drinks today, that would be so appreciated. I'll tell you what, the mood in the whole cafe shifted. Right there, everybody went from how long is this going to take to how can we help this person succeed at their job? How can we make sure to encourage this person? How can we make sure to make this person feel welcome in our country? I just loved how watching all the cyclists shift, once they found out her backstory, all of a sudden smiles on the faces. There was no more whispering. All of a sudden, every drink that came out, they're so grateful. Thank you so much. You know, like they're just doing everything possible to make sure that this barista could succeed at her job that that day. That's what I love about honor, is that when we learn people's backstory, it releases compassion. We honor people, and it creates an atmosphere for the people in our lives to succeed. Do you want to be that type of person? I know I want to be that type of person that create an atmosphere for people to succeed. The idea here is we want to pull the very best out of people. When people think about us, they think about a person that makes them their best self. Honor listens to people instead of judges people. Honor's recognizing the value that people bring into your life. I wonder what the unity of the church would look like if this was our approach to people with different political views than us. I wonder what's their backstory. See, our people, our opinion of people must be isolated from our political views in the body of Christ. That we don't decide, oh, are they, are they, are they on the left or are they on the right? Where are they at? No, we decide they're a person. They're a believer. They're a follower of Jesus. They add value to the body of Christ. They add value to our lives. We all have the same common ground, not in the political party that we, you know, side with, but in the fact that we follow Jesus, that we love Jesus, that we serve Jesus, and that's the reason we honor each other. What I found is that most people, sorry, I'm talking about politics so much, um, but that most people's 
views come from, political views come from deep-rooted things that happened in their past. It wasn't just that, you know, one party had better branding than the other. It was often that something, and, and that does happen, but it's often that something that happened deep in their past that they, that they say, I, I cannot side with blank or blank because of that. We all have the same message of Jesus that we're called to represent, and that's what we must unite around. Honor does not allow disagreement to become division. See, what if we valued our mission as believers over our political positions as people? When we honor, we sow unity into a world that's full of division. Honor is an act of faith. Honor is an act of faith. I would say the sort of flagship uh, verse, when you think about the Bible, you think about honor, the sort of flagship verse for that is Mark chapter 6. When Jesus is in his hometown, uh, we'll, we'll read it. we got time to read it. Jesus left there, went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. And when the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue. Many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things, they asked? What's the wisdom that has been given to him? What are these remarkable miracles that he's performing? And then everything shifts right here. Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't this Mary's son, brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him among his relatives in his own home. He could not do any miracles there. This is crazy. The son of God, God in the flesh, he couldn't do any miracles there. Except he laid his hands on a few sick people and he healed them. You know, just, just on his way out, just, oh, I'll get you. Oh, your leg's broken. Let me just grab that on my way and we'll move on. Um, and then uh, the last line is that he, he was amazed at their lack of faith. And growing in faith is a never-ending, all-important process in our relationship with Jesus. Okay, we're not just here to feel good during some songs, okay, and get a little uplifting message. We, when, we, when we apply and, and we see Jesus come to life in our world is when we actually take steps of faith to say, God, if you don't do something, I'm going to look really stupid. If you don't do something, man, if you, if you don't step into this thing, I'm, I'm going to, you know, like the, the, you, you have to take opportunities to step out of faith and say, I am trusting that this is God's word for my life. I'm trusting the, the Bible. I'm going to follow this. You know, I, I'm going to take a step of faith and allow God to, to move in my life. And Jesus was amazed at their lack of faith. Other versions um, use the word marveled. Uh, King James Version, I think there's a couple other versions who use the word uh, marveled. And there's only two places in the Bible uh, that use the word for, 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 concerning Jesus that use the word marveled. And that was this one, Mark chapter 6, where he used the word marveled. But then also in Matthew chapter 8. So this is a negative sense, the lack of faith. But in Matthew chapter 8, it's that great faith that there's a centurion that comes to Jesus. He says, man, my servant, he's really sick. You know, I need you to heal him. And, and uh, Jesus is like, okay, let's go to his house. I'll heal him. And he's like, you know what? You don't have to. I don't want to waste your time. I know who you are. Just say the word. I know he'll be healed. Jesus marveled at those two things. Jesus clearly responds to faith. And that's what the story is about. Honor is an act of faith because honor doesn't guarantee you anything in return. It's just about making the body of Christ better, what Paul is telling us. It's just about making the, the world around us better. And it's an act of faith because it guarantees you nothing in, re, in return. And when you get into a mindset where all of your life is based on what can this person do for me, you're in trouble. I promise you, every single church you step into won't be good enough for you because it's all about what can this place do for me? 
Whereas we, we need to position ourselves to say, what can I do here? What can I do for Jesus? How can I add value to this place? How can I add value to this person? And honor is an act of faith. See, if I honor you, there's no guarantee you'll honor me. But Jesus says, that's, that's, that's what Gentiles do. You're, you're better than that. Matthew chapter 5, 47. I don't know why I said that like that. Okay, Matthew chapter 5, 47. If you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Don't even the Gentiles do that? Jesus says, we're, we're, we're better than that. He's calling us to a higher standard. When we honor, we choose to see the bigger picture. And when familiar came, familiarity came, Mark chapter 6, the miracles stopped. How powerful is honor that the lack of it actually suppressed the power of Jesus? That almost sounds sacrilegious. That, but, but it's in the Bible. It's in Mark chapter 6. It says he couldn't do anything there. Man, we, we have to realize that sometimes we're, we're, the, we're sort of slamming our head against the wall going, Jesus, how come I'm not getting a breakthrough here? It's because you have chosen for me to not do miracles in your life. We put limits on God in our lives. That's exactly what happened here in, in Jesus' hometown. They couldn't see past the familiar to the anointing that Jesus had on his life. And when you honor someone, you gain access to their anointing. When you honor someone, you gain access to their anointing. Man, we're all anointed for different reasons, different purposes, for different things. And Jesus was seen as familiar and regular. He wasn't seen as the God that he is. And this stopped the potential miracle that could have taken place in these people's lives. I wonder what miracle is on hold in your life because we've overlooked honor. Because we've chosen not to honor. Maybe it's a relationship breakthrough that you've been needing. Maybe it's a family dynamic that needs to change, but you just keep sowing dishonor into that place. I wonder if it's a marriage. And here's the thing about marriages is that we have the honor of seeing the backstage to someone's life, right? Right now, we're all on stage, right? Everybody's nice at church, you know? Everybody looks good at church. You know, you just, you just wrinkle, get the wrinkles out of the clothes that you picked up off the floor, right? We're on stage right now, right? We're just, oh, yes, you know, and we're, but, but the honor that happens in marriage is we get to see people's backstage. And so what happens is we can build familiarity, we can build dishonor towards people. We can start to, you know, even in our marriage relationship, we can start to build an attitude towards someone. But honor says, I see your value even as I see all your mistakes. And that's the beauty of marriage. And, and, and maybe that breakthrough that we're looking for in our marriage is just finally a step of faith to say, I'm going to honor even though there's been dishonor shown towards me. That I'm not going to try and get dishonor to, to fix dishonor. I'm not just going to go, well, you reap what you sowed. I'm going to dishonor you because you dishonor me. You suck and, you know, whatever. But it's that we, we want to get our marriages right by sowing honor even when there's dishonor taking place there. This, this can apply not just to marriage but to jobs, to money, to different situations that we need God to show up in. See, God goes where he's wanted. So you honor because you trust God. You start, you show God that he can trust you. We honor because it shows God he can trust us. We allow, and have we allowed God into our relationships in our, with our relatives, our neighbors, or our workplace? We can become so familiar with these people 
and almost compartmentalize those relationships, and then God's not allowed to work in them because we haven't allowed him in. And often culture starts to shape our lives, and we allow that to become our strongest influence. See, your attitude directly impacts the power of Jesus in your life. And honor, like we're seeing in Mark chapter 6, honor opens the door to the miraculous taking place in your life. Honor creates an atmosphere for Jesus to do miracles. I wonder what would have happened. I wonder what stories we missed out on because the people of Jesus' hometown just decided, ah, this is Mary's son. This guy's a carpenter. You know, go back and make me some cups and some salad bowls and stuff. Go work on your lathe. I don't, I don't, I don't know what carpenters did back then. But um, I'm sure they... But it wasn't the houses made out of clay, so like, would a carpenter do that? I don't know. I, I don't know ancient carpentry. But anyways, um, what would have happened had they honored him is they would have gained access to his anointing. He would have done so much more than heal a few sick people. Instead, they saw God in the flesh, and they decided he didn't have much value to them. That's the danger of familiarity. Jesus wasn't celebrated, so there was no room for his anointing. Honor requires celebration. And the, Paul tells us back in 1 Corinthians 12, if one member is honored, all members rejoice with it. Honor is not just about tolerating people. Honor creates an atmosphere for people to succeed. When your home is a place of honor, the people that come into it are uh, empowered to succeed in that place. You can actually feel it when someone honors you in their home. When your children are honored, not just look down upon them, oh, those are the kids, you know, whatever. Put them at the kids' table. Not that there's anything wrong with the kids' table. Uh, I wish I had a kid's bubble for my daughter. She makes such a mess. Uh, just put her in there, clean the bubble up. But, but when we honor, it creates an atmosphere for people to succeed. And a world, in a world that's always on the prowl for who to cancel next, honor celebrates people. I wonder what power could come from a community that honored everyone. Wherever it is, whether it's a family or a workplace, whatever, when we just decide, I'm going to bring honor, I'm going to sow honor into this place, it's an act of faith, and it's actually doing something for Jesus. What happens is disagreement now all of a sudden will be handled with respect. What I love about honor is that honor resists cancellation. And, I, I, you know, I don't like talking about culture too much and thinking about all that stuff. But that, that's just the reality is that there is a cancel culture right now. That if you think a certain way, you know, if, you're, if, you're, you're, if you talk a certain way, you are canceled. We, we, you no longer have value in our life. And honor helps us see past and even, even people's mistakes. What happens is people make a mistake. That's, that's literally the court case I mentioned earlier. That's literally what's happening. People have made mistakes and it's, it's on view for the world to see and we're deciding who's going to be canceled in that one. Man, we can't do that in the church when people make a mistake. It's, the Bible says we're, we're weak, he's strong. Right? And, and so, what, but what often happens is you see someone's weaknesses and it's like, let's kick them while they're down. Come on now. Honor helps us see past people's weaknesses and their failure. See, what happened with my spleen is when it failed, I finally realized its value in my life. 
But we do the opposite to people, don't we? When they fail, we don't often see their value anymore. We're so quick to invalidate, write them off, and cancel them. We must resist being a people who kick people while they're down. Honor values people when no one else is seeing their value. And what I've noticed, this is a weakness for me, is that when other people fail, because I'm so insecure, when other people fail, it's an opportunity for me to prop myself up and go, look at how good I am. At least I didn't do that. And it starts to bring contempt into our lives. It starts to bring pride into our lives. We start to say, look, at, did you hear about, you hear about that? You don't see that happening to me, do you? So insecure. We start to think, what a special person I am. I would never do that. And if you allow the pride to come in like that, that's when pride will start to make a mess in your life where no one can speak to you because you're so proud that you resist. And, and you're not just proud that you resist other people. That's what happens with pride. But then what happens is God resists you. That's what it says in the Bible. God will resist you if you're proud. And so that's why, we, man, we gotta, we, we gotta be a people who are like, I will not allow pride to come into my life no matter what. We gotta be so proud of how humble we are. Okay. When you start to feel superior, what happens is you start to make others feel inferior. I just wanna kinda close with this thought. Don't throw away honor because someone else abused it. Remember, it's an act of faith. It's not a currency. So we don't honor people going, okay, I, I sowed the honor. Where's my honor back? Right? It's not, it's not an exchange of goods and services here. It's an act of faith. So don't throw away honor because you've seen other people abuse it. If we're going to create a beautiful resistance, you're going to have to embrace some forgiveness sometimes and forgive people who've dishonored you when you've honored them. That boss that treated you terrible, that spouse that was mean. We're, we're often so concerned. And, and don't get me wrong. There's times where things get to an extreme and you have to say, you know what? Wait, this person is, is so abusive. They cannot be around me anymore. But you're still going to do it in a way, in an honoring way that you still see their value. You're not going to talk about them all the time, slander them all the time. You're just going to remove yourself from the situation. That's going to happen sometimes. But often, you got to believe that God can restore and, and do what only he can do. But we're often so concerned about who's going to honor us. Don't worry about that. God will honor you whenever and however he chooses. Your job is to create a, a culture in your life for other people to succeed. A culture of honor around us, seeing and appreciating and speaking the value of those around you. And you know what? It's so easy. It's so easy to honor people, those who we have something to gain from. But the true test of honor comes when you honor someone that you have nothing to gain from. Honors recognizing the value in someone. Like the value of my spleen. I miss you, baby. Now I value you. Don't wait for the pain of losing someone to appreciate their value in your life. I have this friend in our church. Just love him. Just, just so passionate for God. And uh, just has the, the, just a heart for people. And I love him. He, uh, I just love how he, he honors people that he has nothing to gain from. And he was telling me about how 
Um, he uh, just so humble that he. Uh, uh, let me just tell a little bit of a story quick because I think we have time for it. Your long weekend can wait three more minutes. Um, but th- this friend of mine, he what he started doing was Sundays after church, he would take. Uh, he, he just started with buying a couple boxes of donuts and just going downtown and, and just, you know, giving them out and just seeing, seeing value in people, just adding value to people by just feeding them um, in the inner city. And uh, then he kind of grew from the boxes of donuts to, you know, some other, some people have helped him out and got some food for him. And he says, you know, he's got bringing other people into that. And so he's starting to feed other people downtown. And it's just beautiful that he just goes down and honor those people. Like, you know, he's not down there like taking selfies, being like, look at what such a good person I am. I'm so moral. Um, but he goes down there. And, and one Sunday he told me this. I'll never forget it. Um, but he said that he goes down there and he's feeding people all the time. And, um, part of uh, what happens sometimes is as he's um, feeding people and taking care of people, um, they give him stuff back sometimes too. And, uh, you know, so, so often I think for us, we'd be like, no, you need that. I'm not going to take it. But he actually will take the things that they give him at times because it's a way of him honoring them, showing that they have value too. And man, I love that. I just love that, you know, he's not down there going, look at what a great person I am taking care of these people. He's allowing those people to actually honor him as well. Don't be so full of pride that you don't allow people to honor you. But also don't underestimate the value of honor, your honor in someone else's life. You never know how much your kindness actually impacts people. You never know how much just a text message, just encouraging someone, just telling them what you see in them. You never know how much that does for someone's life. Honor is seeing someone's value. It's expressing someone's value. And it's, this is how we resist the world around us. Your life is too important to be pushed around by culture. Allow your life to, to stand firm on his word. And in order for that to happen, man, you, you, just, you just need consistency. You don't have to be a theologian, okay? You don't have to know this thing front to back all the time. In fact, my brain does not work like that. I do not have the gift of knowledge. Um, uh, but it's just a consistency. In order to keep this thing flowing out of my life, it just means that somehow it's got to get into me every day. So build that in your life. I'm a, I wonder what would your family look like if you decided that honor honor was going to be a priority for you. I wonder what your relationships would look like if you decided honor is a priority for us. I wonder what, what would change in your life if you decided, I'm going to take the act of faith and honor those that I come in contact with. God, thank you so much for this incredible people. Thank you for these people, Lord God, who are here hungry for you. God, I pray that you would just, um, just give us that hunger a new fresh hunger for you, Lord God, that we want to see you work in our lives, that we have a desire to know you more, that that we want intimacy with you, Lord God, that that we want holiness, not for the sake of, of pride. We want holiness for the sake of intimacy, that we just love you so much that we would never want to offend you, God. Jesus, thank you for sending your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, would you Would you comfort us? Would you guide us? Would you correct and convict us right now? Where we're off, where we've sown dishonor, where we have not seen people's value. 
where we've slandered people. Holy Spirit, would you convict us right now, correct us right now, if we want to be like Jesus. Thank you, God. Hey, if there's anyone here um, who you, you know that your life is not honoring God right now, that there's, um, that you believe in Jesus, um, but you haven't made him Lord of your life, you're not serving him with your life, you're, you're not making the sacrifice for him. Um, in, in the Bible, it just says, all you got to do is believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. And then you, that's, that begins the journey and the process of, of sanctification. But, but when you do that prayer, you are saved. That eternity is sure for you. And so every Sunday, we want to give you an opportunity to pray that prayer, whether you've prayed it before and walked away or you prayed it for the first time today online or in the room. I want to pray with you. I'm just going to ask everybody who calls Celebration Church home, repeat after me. And we're going to pray together. Jesus, thank you for coming to this earth and dying on the cross to pay for my sins. I believe that you are Lord and God raised you from the dead. And from now on, I live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's put our hands together for what God's done here today. Thanks for listening with us today. If you enjoyed it, check out more messages like this at celebrationedmonton.com or on the Celebration Church mobile app. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can give on our website at celebrationedmonton.com. Come back next week to hear another great message.